What is up, Cyber and Crypto friends? I would say I hope everybody's having a great week, but I think that's kind of hard to do right now. I did want to do a podcast today to talk about some of the things that have been happening in the world and also talk about some crypto stuff as well. As we all know, the virus thing is getting crazy, so I'm trying to bring some normality back to everybody's lives and try to do a podcast without mentioning too much about the virus. So that's what this one's for, and hopefully I do that during this episode. Today is uh, April the 2nd of 2020, and this is episode 106 of the Cyber Security and Cryptocurrency Podcast. I'm your host, Eric English. All the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely my opinions and do not reflect that of my employer. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at CyberCryptoGuy. All right, so I'm just going to jump right in here. We'll start with some cybersecurity topics. Since everybody now is using Zoom, of course, more vulnerabilities are being found with Zoom. Uh, a few of them that I saw recently were pretty interesting. One is about a vulnerability in the Zoom chat. If somebody somehow gets into your Zoom meeting and they are in your chat and they're chatting with you and they send you a UNC path to a file, it could be a an arbitrary file that doesn't even exist. And if you click on that UNC link, the attacker can actually capture your credentials because you would be essentially sending those credentials, those SMB credentials uh, to the attacker and they could be able to capture that. My understanding is that it's a password hash. And of course, they could probably try to crack that as well. But either way, that was a pretty interesting flaw that we saw here recently. There's been a couple others too. The other big one that I saw was about a former NSA guy that came out with some zero-day flaws for Zoom as well. Of course, this is a huge deal because everybody's using this now. And uh, essentially, these flaws that he found allows you to snoop on somebody's Zoom session and listen in and do kind of whatever you want to do. You can record it. You can do all kinds of cool stuff if you're the attacker. So this guy also found a way to take full control of the webcam on your computer and your microphone. So that's, again, where they could basically spy and listen into everything you're doing and watch you, too. So he was able to inject some malicious code into that, uh, into Zoom, and that was it. Boom. He can get control of your microphone and your camera. Now, the other caveat here is both of these flaws were found on Mac. OS and uh, not on Windows, so that's interesting too. The apparently the uh, Zoom client installs itself with the root account. Therefore, if somebody was to take over that Zoom uh, application, they could essentially get root access on your Mac. So Zoom basically came out recently and said they're going to stop further development and focus on the security flaws uh, that are apparently rampant right now in in Zoom, so they are taking action on that right now, so that's good. A whole bunch of senators and congressmen in New York were also questioning Zoom's privacy practices. They were basically spying on everybody, of course, like most of these folks do, and it also includes uh, apps like RingCentral or any other kind of white-labeled Zoom apps that might be out there, and all of these were collecting unnecessary amounts of data, of course, like A lot of the other apps do already. So they are being questioned about that kind of stuff. So to get more specific on some of those details, Zoom had what they called a feature 
in its iOS app that was basically sharing analytics data with Facebook and a bunch of other folks. So, of course, this sparked all kinds of privacy debate, and they've recently fixed this quote-unquote feature of theirs. In addition to all the privacy issues and vulnerabilities, of course, hackers are looking for ways to exploit the fact that everybody's using Zoom. So they're targeting people, creating lookalike domains, malicious apps, malicious malware that looks like the Zoom client, and trying to get people to install it and phishing people left and right, trying to use Zoom as their attack vector. What's interesting is everybody jumped right to Zoom, and they, I guess, mostly skipped over a lot of the other video chat clients out there. But apps like Teams also does video chat, group video chat. Uh, Wire does video chat. So if you have the Wire app on your phone, you can do video chat. I don't think Wire does group video chat, or maybe it does. I haven't fully tested that. But either way, there are other options out there that you can explore and might even be more secure to use Wire, especially. So enough about Zoom. Some other news was about uh, Brian Krebs. He released an article the other day about some DNS hijacking that had happened uh, with the website escrow.com. And essentially, hackers got into an employee's GoDaddy account and were able to change the DNS records for that account. So, of course, Brian Krebs and everybody else recommends to put two-factor on those domain registrar accounts. So if you have not done that, now is the time to go do that because if somebody takes over your domain registrar account, they can, of course, point DNS records wherever they want, spoof emails, make it look like it's coming from you, and do all kinds of nefarious things. I think a lot of the time putting two-factor on that just gets overlooked, but it's definitely a very big security threat, especially if you own multiple domains and you have multiple different websites, and it, that could effectively take down your email and all of your websites too. So pretty scary stuff. Some other stuff also on the rise. The stimulus check phishing emails are already starting. So heads up on those. Kind of saw that one coming, but they are officially starting now. So be careful with those guys. Some other big news. Marriott once again got hacked. This is the second time in probably a year now that they've informed everybody that they've been hacked. So it's uh, pretty unfortunate that they keep having this happen to them. So Marriott said in their statement that 5.2 million hotel guests who, who used the company's loyalty app were the ones that were affected by this. And they basically found out that these hackers got the login credentials of two employees of Marriott and one of its franchise properties. And they use that to access customer information uh, from the app's back-end system. So pretty wild stuff there. I'm assuming that Marriott does not use two-factor as well. I'm actually kind of surprised that two-factor isn't just the de facto standard for everything that you sign up for, especially in business too. I mean, that should be the primary thing that everybody uses to log into anything for your business. Because if that gets taken over just like this did, it can affect a ton of people, millions of people. Speaking of two-factor, some hackers took over some Microsoft YouTube accounts and they broadcasted a crypto Ponzi scheme using those Microsoft accounts. So once again, somebody not using two-factor on one of their accounts. Some other recent news too is about Draydeck, D-R-A-Y, 
excuse me, Dre Tech, D-R-A-Y-T-E-K. They've apparently got some zero days for their enterprise switches, load balancers, routers, and VPN gateways. So hackers were taking advantage of that and probably still are taking advantage of that, especially the unpatched ones. So if you use any of that stuff, make sure you swap it out with something that's not vulnerable or get that patch and apply it right away. In some other data breach news, there's a massive database unsecured on the web with 5 billion records, and they were all from previous security breaches between 2012 and 2019. And that database was left unprotected without any password, of course, exposed to the internet. And the company that did that was a security firm. That security firm is called KeepNet Labs. KeepNet Labs. I've never even heard of these people, but apparently they're really bad at uh, Elasticsearch databases too, just like everyone else, it seems like. So I'm not sure why they would leave that unsecured on the web, knowing that that's where 90% of the, the leaks and breaches come from. But some other interesting t- stuff here that I found about password managers, uh, specifically 1Password and LastPass. Some researchers from New York University were able to figure out a way to create a malicious app and make it look like it was legit and then get the password manager to then give that app the password. So apparently this is a security flaw, they're saying. To me, that seems a little bit weird, but I mean, if you already installed an app like that on your phone, you should expect that it's going to steal everything it possibly can, not just your passwords. But this one was specifically about the Android app for 1Password and LastPass. The uh, researchers also tested Dashlane, Keeper, and RoboForm as well. But they specifically cited 1Password and LastPass in this particular article. Also, in some other privacy-related stuff, the Microsoft Edge browser, the new one that's built on Chromium, they're saying that uh, based on some testing, it's the worst browser to use as far as privacy goes. So I guess no real surprise there, but you would think that they would have taken that into consideration, but apparently not. So they're saying now that that is the worst browser to use for privacy reasons. And speaking of browsers and privacy, the Brave browser filed a formal GDPR complaint against Google for infringing the GDPR purpose limitation principle. So essentially, they're saying that Google was using all the various apps for much more purposes than they should have been. So they're filing a GDPR complaint against them, specifically talking about the purpose limitation Also, again, there, that's a a big privacy thing. So kind of interesting that Brave, uh, which is built on Chromium, is the one that's (laughs) issuing this. But, hey, that's good stuff for the privacy world. And the last thing in cyber here, there's a a company that claimed that they were the most secure online backup provider. And guess what? They exposed 135 million records about their customers and employees. The company name is SOS Online Backup. So it's probably a bad idea to say that you're the most secure in the world and you're unhackable and things like that because people will definitely try to prove you wrong. On the crypto side of things, we're seeing a nice little bounce back in the market today. Got up basically over 7,000 briefly. It's since come back down just a little bit, but 
Certainly good to see that getting back getting back up there at least a little bit from that massive drop that we had all the way down to the 4,000 range. So at least it's getting back up there a little bit. And if you bought in at 4,000 and you held on to it till this $7,000 hit today, you're doing pretty good. I've been doing some trading on the side myself and just little bits here and there, not using a whole ton of money, but I've kind of followed the volatility and it's been crazy volatility. It's, you know, it's up a thousand bucks one day, it's down 500 the next. Um, So if you hit those waves just right, you can certainly profit on that. As I said before, BitMEX is probably the most popular one that people use to do that with. Uh, But there are some others out there, BitFinex and a couple others too. To use a lot of those services though, you have to get on a VPN to another country because in the U.S. those are not allowed. (laughs) So be careful about that too. And of course, as a joke, somebody made a toilet paper token <laughs> and they uh, essentially they sold out of it and it's at the top of coin market cap. So it's pretty funny. It's a 1000% price surge. So of course, you knew somebody was going to capitalize on that. All right, folks, that's all I got for today. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at CyberCryptoGuy. That's CyberCryptoGuy on Twitter. Check me out on there. I retweet a bunch of the stuff we talk about here on the show. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon.